0: The unbeaten David Benavides. Oh, Benavides! People didn't believe in what I could do.
1: I'm the youngest two-time world champion in super middleweight history. I'm taking over now. I'm running to now.
0: But now I came to the game show now. now and now you how. People want to see great fights and fireworks and that's what I give. What's up, kiddos? A few housekeeping notes before we get this juicy-ass podcast with UFC 268. Dallas shooting my 30-minute special with the squad this freaking week. I cannot wait to be in Dallas. I am so damn excited. Tickets are almost sold out this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're shooting Thursday and Friday only. Come on out, Dallas. Get your barbecue. Get your laughs on at Addison Improv this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Tickets at FATKZ.com. I will see you guys this week. This show, Below the Belt, is brought to you by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Without a healthy mind, being happy is freaking hard. Visit betterhelp.com belt and see if online therapy is for you. Traded football for some fight gear, then got punched right in, the right in the face. Woke up with a baby, puke all over the
1: place. Baby, but I keep real the real ground real with real t K. K. this is the best <laughs> I've ever felt. Started doing stand up no hand I've been dealt. so right before this makeup on my face begins
0: to melt, it's time to go below the belt. Welcome Thickies, it's Monday morning, Monday morning on this beautiful, crispy Los Angeles morning. We are coming fresh, hot off the big UFC 268 card, and also your boy Canelo Alvarez taking care of Caleb Plant, Want me some money on that, hate to see it. Because I'm a Caleb Plant fan, but I'm also a huge Canelo fan. So what can you do? Great weekend. If you're a, a fight fan, you are foaming at the genitals for this one because uh, it was a stacked, stacked card. And then also, you could uh, try and watch the Canelo fight too. We did Calbass Fight campaign. If you haven't seen it, you can go to Thick Boy Channel now and uh, view it for your viewing pleasure. It is up there. The whole squad was out. Uh, Chris D'Elia, Brian Callen. Josh Thompson, and myself tried doing the double header where we watched the main uh, card of the UFC, UFC 268, on the big screen. Then we had a little screen underneath that uh, showing us the Canelo fight. I knew that they were walking right at 9 p.m., which was right around, I think, the coming event of the UFC. So we're trying to comment on both and watch both. So during the fight campaign, there's some silence because – Um, probably won't do that again. It was tough. My eyes hurt trying to keep up with both. It was a sensor uh, overload. Here's what's funny. Dana did the same thing as us. Uh, He did his own fight companion, but he was cage side, and he was watching the Canelo fight on his screen while watching the actual fights live, which I think is easier than what we did. Again, won't do that. Or if we do do it, I think we have it on just one screen and split the screen if you can do that. I'm sure we could do that. I think you guys asked me. I was like, no, let's do a little screen down here and a big screen up there. And then my eyes were like freaking out. My body's like, what is happening right now? It was (laughs) a bad idea. It was a bad idea. And I got very sick. Josh got very drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, Josh, uh, come some slack, people. He literally was going off one hour of sleep, flew in from Dublin to make the fight campaign here in LA, where he does not live. He lives in NorCal. So uh, he flew straight from Dublin, working Bellator, no sleep, flew on the plane. Hopefully, he slept a couple winks on the plane. Got off the plane, no food, drove to his hotel, showered real quick, beelined here. He had half a cup of uh, Buffalo Trace whiskey, and the boy was white girl wasted. All right, so he'd come some slack. Then, also with Josh, he's in a tough position because Brian, Chris, and myself are very close. I talk to Brian, and Chris every day, every day for years and years, For the last 10 years, I've talked to him every single day. We're all very, very close. So you know, when you go uh, like if you went to college and you had your high school you group of friends you were real close with, and you go to college, you meet new friends, and then your high school friends want to come up for the weekend or whatever. And then you're trying to balance like you have this relationship with these good friends, and then but they don't know this friend, so you're the middleman. That's how I felt on the fight campaign. I felt like I was trying to, uh, you know, play the middleman to Chris and Brian to Josh because obviously Josh isn't a comic either. So we talked about Brian's nuts for 10 minutes (laughs) and Josh is like, what in the hell is going on? I'm like, oh, you've never been around us. We talk about nuts all the time and it's well documented. Brian has some big old balls. And you know, Josh is like, what the hell did I get into? Welcome, welcome to the fight campaign. So uh, it was fun though, man. It was fun. Hats off to Josh for even making it. And, uh, you know, a few drinks deep. And things get weird when you're not in sleep. But what a card to do it on, man. What a freaking card to do it on. You'll see 268, where do you even start? I'm I'm sure you guys have listened to other people in this space talk about the card. There's not going to be any original takes on any of this. I mean, the the entire card was phenomenal. The the prelims, the early prelims. I mean, just, it was great. The whole thing was freaking great. One of the best pay-per-views in a long time. That's saying a lot because UFC's put on some great cards this year. Um, but, you know, we're in November, and for this one to be the best one, I think, so far from top to bottom, it was fantastic, man. You know, e- even with the early prelims, which were on uh, ESPN+, Plus, the hype on Ian Gary, who's an absolute monster, um, you know, he got it done in the first round with a second left. He looked phenomenal. So if you don't know who he is, look into him. He's a fucking monster. And then uh, Volante, who was like, "You know what? I know I know I used to fight light heavyweight, but I'm taking this thick boy thing that Bren's doing to heart, and I'm gonna eat everything in sight. Um, I think he lives in Jersey, so he probably just got just stuffed with pizza for the past six years. And he came in heavy. It's never good when a guy going in and fight goes, "This is my last one, because you are already checked out. And you really don't want to be there. And then they they give you Chris Barnett, who is uh, you know, the thick panda and threw the spin, spinning uh, wheel kick right to the face and knocked him on the stick around. That's not how you want to end your UFC career. These boys are thick with four Cs. I'm thick with three. Boom! I mean, how's he? I mean, that is not how you want to ride off in the sunset. That is an angry dude. <laughs> I mean, just wailing on That kick was ridiculous. You get a front Holy that. shit. Mm-hmm. He looks like the Angry Bird character, the, the, the bomb one that explodes. If you've ever seen the cartoon, my son's really into Angry Birds, so that's a weird reference. I also play Angry Birds, too. I'm on level 300. Holler at your boy. My brother's on level 750, which alarms me. Um, yeah, but that uh, Barnett guy was a fucking animal. Yeah, he looks like the bomb that blows up. This guy? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but the cartoon on the far left, front, from the actual m- motion picture, not the one in the video. That are, That's what he looks like. There you go. <laughs> Does he? Because he, he has little. He has the hair with yeah, it, which is the f- the, uh, the thing that you light to set on fire. That's what he looks like. Yeah. But that's one way to kick off the prelims, man. He looked fucking phenomenal, and then the rest of the card. Bobby Green looked fantastic against Al Iaquinta. For Al, it's tough, right? He's coming off. He had two surgeries. He went to the to Vegas to rehab. He, you know, it was a tough rehab. You know, he didn't know if he wanted to do it anymore. So then you get a, a, a vet like Bobby Green who's explosive. It's just, it's a nightmare for him. He's had a great career, man. So whatever he wants to do, check out uh, Quinta's podcast too. He's a guy who's jumping on over to that lane and he's doing a podcast. I forget the name of it, but, uh, he, you know, he has a lot to say. We've had him on here years ago. Call me Al. Call me out. You can call me out. I bet he can't use that for name and likeness, but that's a great fucking name. Or, uh, is that then? That's what Chevy Chase, you remember that video? I don't remember that at all. Oh my call God, me can Al. Call me out. But yeah, Al, uh, play the, uh, you need to have someone do a remix of Call Me Al and have it as your, uh, theme song. But shout out to Al Aquinto. Go to his podcast. And then obviously the, uh, biggest, um, kind of dog on the prelims with, was Alex Piera. Who is famously known for uh, beating, you know, who I think is the the best fighter on the roster, him or Kamar Usman or John Jones, you know, what I'm up for arguments, whatever you want to do there. Um, but in Alex Pereira, who's beat Izzy twice, once by knockout, but in kickboxing, and this isn't kickboxing, but just looking at him, you know, beating Andreas uh, Mitchell Landis, Mitchell Mitchell Mich- Mich- Lydias. Something like that. I we'll call him Andreas. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Andreas isn't, you know, a, a ranked guy, but this is where Alex Pierre should be at coming to his first UFC fight, and there's a lot of hype around him, so there's a lot more pressure. To win by flying knee, you know, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And his takedown defense looked pretty goddamn good, too. So, um, you know, Josh Thompson and I were talking about in the fight campaign, I think he's two or three away from a title shot just because, you know, Josh goes, they're going to give him the Conor McGregor treatment. If you look at Connor's career, it's not like he had the easiest path to the title shot, and he was starching dudes. But you know, I think for Alex, you know, he, he's gonna he's gonna get a vet, so they're gonna give him another warm up, be another tough test, and then they give him a straight grappler. Maybe, maybe you know, but I I think it's gonna take three for him to get a title shot. And also, Izzy needs something to get him up. That he needs a competitor. So I think for Alex. You know, two to three fights, but in those two to three fights, the UFC's gonna give him a dog. Because you're gonna have to walk through some fire to get to the to the to the face of the UFC, which is Izzy. So um we'll see. I'm not willing to say he's gonna be that guy yet. Uh let's see what they give him with his next matchup, but there's definitely some potential there. But you know, he took three years, four years away from MMA. You know, he's a, a glory uh, world champion. So stand up wise, he he can do it all, but Listen, we we've had monster monster uh, glory champs come over to the UFC and they struggle. So I'm not one to say he, you know he's a guy who can you know jump the queue and fight Izzy. Um, you know, and based off what we saw against Andreas, I, I don't think he beats Izzy right now. But he could. You know, he's beat him before. In the the narrative, if you're part of the marketing machine, which is the UFC, and you're part of that marketing team, you're foaming at the mouth to, for him to win two more fights because. He wins this one, and then another. They're gonna, So he'll win one more against a guy we've probably never heard of, and then they'll give him a, a decent, well-known guy, probably a vet. Once he If he f- gets through flying colors past that vet, then the talk starts. I'm, I'm all for it. Oh, man, the NFL is here, and who do you bet on? All the favorites lost last week. We're in the midst of the season. You don't know who to bet on. If you have a favorite, man, my Broncos blew out the Dallas Cowboys, You got the freaking Rams losing to uh, Tennessee without Henry. It's a nightmare. You don't know who to bet on. But if you're going to bet on sports with the NFL, UFC, boxing, whatever it is, whatever, NBA, you do it at one place, one place only. We're talking about DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, UFC. We got it all for you guys. All right, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code BTB when you sign up. All right, and only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL and UFC. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Michigan, Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Virginia, 888-532-3500. Man, thank God in 2021, mental health is finally a thing. We should all feel pretty safe to talk about our mental health. And a lot of y'all are struggling right now. I see it out there, man. It's toxic online. Just a bunch of people aren't doing well. You're not feeling like your normal selves. The economy's struggling. We all need help, man. But quit talking to your friends. You wouldn't go to your friends if you're feeling sick. If you had the flu, you're going to go to a professional. That's where BetterHelp helps you guys out. We're talking about real licensed professional counseling done online securely online. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can start communicating within 48 hours with therapists. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. This podcast, Below the Belt, is sponsored by BetterHelp, and you guys get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com. belt that's better, com slash B-E-L-T, betterhelp.com slash belt. If I'm sitting down at the UFC headquarters this morning and they're going, all right, let's recap the card. You know, I I know they always do good fights to kick off the main card, but to kick it off with Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler, I think there's something there that they can look into as a business model and go, how many more pay-per-views did we sell? Because people are like, dude, are you seeing what Gaethje and fucking Chandler are doing? Which are two marquee names. And, it, you know, it's the same way, remember when Forrest and Stefan Bonner were fighting each other in Ultimate Fighter 1, which gave the UFC its its entire legs. That whole thing started, people calling like, dude, turn to Spike right now, Channel 44, if my memory serves me correctly on whatever bullshit uh, uh, service I had. It was Channel 44, Spike TV, dude, turn it, these two white boys are beating the shit out of each other, it's a ridiculous fight. I think that's what went on here is people were, dude, you got to get the pay-per-view. Dude, Justin Gaethje, Chandler, it's this fight of the year. Gotta, so I'm sure people about that. If I'm the UFC, I'm going, all right, I think moving forward, those, those first fights in the main card, we make them key, key, well-known fighters, great matchups, probably the best matchup on the card. It was the fight I was most excited for, uh, and I don't have a problem that that stole the show because it just gets you excited for the for the rest of the card. So I would imagine their pay-per-view sales went up because of Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. The losers of the main card, nobody lost stock. Nobody lost their queue in line. Nobody's stock is down. Every single one of them, we can't wait to watch fight next. And it, it's a rare, rare occasion, especially in MMA. You lose, you know, it's... You know, people are like, ah, oh, they're fucked or, you know, the rankings come out. But I, I don't see how anyone doing the rankings, whether it's journalist or whoever does those stupid rankings, I don't think you can uh, mark any of these guys down. Especially when we talk about Kobe Covington, you know, and we'll get to that. I have so much to say about that. But um, I feel bad for Shane Burgos because that fight is on any other pay-per-view or fight night. If that's a fight night main event, we're talking fight of the year, dude. We're talking... You know, they're getting a performance bonus. You know, we're talking the, the talk of the town. I wish I didn't say talk twice there. But <laughs> if, um, you know, those guys are on any other f- card, they're getting highlighted. They're getting talked about. They're getting performance bonuses. They're getting performance of the night. But So Shane Burgos and Billy uh, Quarantillo mm-hmm. set a new UFC record at UFC 268 for greatest number of combined sef- significant strikes. Landed in a three-round fight, 357. Seven. Hurricane uh, Shane Burgo's 193 significant strikes landed, ranked fifth all-time UFC history. It was a motherfucking fight, yeah. man. So Shane Burgo's stock goes up, but it would have went fucking sky high if it wasn't for Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler because Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler was such a good fight. The crowd was like, they were still, even the commentators were still talking about it. I went and watched the pay-per-view again yesterday and you know DC and Anik, or even during Shane Burgo's fight, they're still talking about Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. That's how fucking good that fight was. Even though Shane Burgos put on his best performance of all time inside that octagon, we were so hypey on uh, Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler that Shane Burgos, the poor guy, gets over, overshadowed. And he is so fun to watch, man. And there's so many good fights from at Featherweight. I can't wait to see what he does next. Even on the companion, I couldn't wait for Shane Burgos to end. How <laughs> fucked up is that? We didn't even talk about it. I didn't think we mentioned his name because we're pieces of shit. We were probably talking about Callum's balls or my weird uh, hair or Chris was probably you know, imitating uh, Mark Zuckerberg with the <laughs> meta, meta stuff. Who knows? We didn't pay attention to the fight. When I watched it yesterday, I'm like, holy shit, this was a fight. Those fight companions, again, you're hanging with your buddies. I'm sure all you guys do the same thing. You're hanging with your buddies. Unless there's some absolute fight fans there, you're talking, you're bullshitting, you're catching up on life, you're missing some fights. That's fight companion, man. You know, when Chris and uh, Brian and I get together, you know, we don't hang out really outside the studio, you know, because we all have families. So, when we get together, we're catching up, you know, and unfortunately, it was during Shane Burgos' historic fucking performance. So, this is me apologizing to Shane Burgos on behalf of the entire MMA community and all fuckboys out there. Marlon Chito Vieira against Frankie Edgar. Never liked to fight for Frankie Um you know, obviously frankie's a workhorse and he's a staple and he's a hall of famer have you seen the freeze frame of his yeah face of i have it right here it, it looks so trippy he turned into a duck basically he turned into a duck oh you know what? he turned he looks like a simpson like if simpson yeah, was long, a human he looks like a simpson yeah from the yeah. nose to the lip guy look at cheetos feet i, mean, I know <laughs> he's, just, he's just sucking them toes sucking them toes i mean that kick is ridiculous ridiculous man yeah very uh anderson silva um vitor, vitor or even uh, which one well Anderson Silva vitor was fantastic mm-hmm. and i remember i gave t- i went i was cage side for that fight the UFC gave me tickets cage side and i brought my manager lex i forget he's legally blind and uh when anderson silva front kicked vitor Belfour, the crowd goes nuts he looks at me and goes amigo what happened i'm like oh fuck dude why don't you say something earlier if you can't see, I should have had somebody else sit in your seat, dude. So I'll never forget that. But uh, the one which was even better than that was Lito Machida, Randy Couture. Mm, he yeah. so knocked out his tooth and retired Randy Couture. And I also helped Randy the night before get ready for that, and he beat the fuck. And I mean, actually hit me in the face on accident when I saw him <laughs> So that was cool. Um, but shout out to Cheeto, man. Just... Dude, I'm telling you, there's so many good guys in the UFC. There's so many good, good people in the UFC. And Cheeto might be first team all captain of good guys. And he walks around. Um, where Venezuela? Ecuador. Ecuador. Mm-hmm. He walks around Ecuador.
1: Super popular. He's
0: goddamn Tom Cruise out there. He's Will Smith of Ecuador. They don't have a lot of heroes out there. And he is their hero. They're, they have murals on their buildings for him. Commercials. He, he's a, Budweiser. Commercials. He's on billboards. He's, he's the Lizzo. Uh, fucking yeah, <laughs> so, Which is a weird reference. He's a <laughs> tiny, tiny man, but you get what I'm saying. But back to uh, – sorry, I'm jumping around, but back to Gaethje Chandler. You know, I I, I bet on Chandler. I always bet on dogs. Uh, obviously, I love Justin Gaethje. I've known that guy longer than anybody on this card. I knew him when he was in college wrestling. I would go up uh, from my camps and wrestle with the University of Northern Colorado wrestling team, um, and one of those coaches is his coach now – And then the other coach who doesn't work with him any longer just because he has a family and he's crushing it with his uh, wrestling uh, kids program, but he still has guys up there, um, is uh, Lister Bowling, who's one of my closest friends, um, who worked with Justin for years and years and years. And they all convinced him to fight MMA, and obviously, you know, he's also a Hall of Famer, and he's probably the most... He's he's probably the most exciting guy on the roster, hands down, who wins, right? There's some really exciting guys, but they lose, which is all good, and we love them. They're fan favorites, you know, Cowboy and guys like that, or Connor. We all love them for the most part. But with Justin, he's a guy who's just as exciting as any of those guys I just mentioned, but he wins, which means you get all the money and fame. So I think with Justin Gaethje being out for quite some time, Y'all must have forgot, including myself, how fucking good he is, man. And when I saw him train at high altitude, I didn't see him win around. I know he was it was early in his camp, he was just getting started. He was just getting tossed around. I go, I see him, I go, How you doing, man? He goes, you know, get punched in the face and then just goes to work. And he's just a fucking dog, man. He's a dog. So betting on this fight, take out my bias towards Justin engaging, and working with my old team, which I tried to do. Also, Chandler's a friend. I I wouldn't have bet on the fight if you told me Chandler was gonna walk forward with his hands down. I, I probably want to put my hard-earned money on Chandler if he goes, Yeah, dude, I, if I called him say, What's your game plan? I'm gonna walk down with my hands down. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna put all my money on fucking Justin Gagey. I thought he would incorporate his wrestling a little more. I thought um his plan would get Justin Gaethje to engage in that all-out Warmaster style and then blast double him early on and wear Justin out. But he started shooting late in the game from far out, which isn't his style. Um, he did get in tight, tight on that double leg, and you saw how athletic Justin Gaethje was um, You know when he reversed that thing and, and Chandler landed on his fucking face. I thought he knocked himself out. Definitely a little concussed there. And I think what's interesting too is – I, mean, I talk about guys who are entertaining, like Chandler, super entertaining. His fight against Charles Oliveira was phenomenal. His fight against um, uh, Hooker was phenomenal. So he's definitely an entertaining fighter, but he's zero two, and that's not where you get all the money in the world. So I think for Chandler, he's at a kind of a crossroads where he has to go back and watch this tape and watch the tape with Charles Oliveira and watch the tape with Hooker. That now that you're gonna get too much from from that because that there was like a knockout a minute thirty. But I think for Chandler, he's in a he's 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 in this weird fork in the road because you know he lost to Justin Gaethje, who's going to fight for the, the title next. He lost Charles Oliveira. He could have said that first round was a 10-8 and then ended up losing. <clears throat> so I, it's just you know what do you do with Chandler? Um, you know, being a former champion of Bellator, you know you're not going to get any uh, easy fights at all. Nor should you because you're a former world champion. You're you're fighting. You're coming from the competitor of the UFC in Bellator. So the UFC tends to give those guys a, a tougher road. Hooker definitely is an easy fight. I, I thought that was a tough fight for Chandler. He, he passed out with flying colors. And then you you know, you know get the likes of Charles de Lever, That didn't go your way. Then you get Justin Gaethje. So I, th- I think for Chandler, we're going to see what the UFC wants to do with him next um, because he's still going to be ranked in the top five. If they give him the likes of uh, Makachev, Okay, they're like, all right, we got what we needed, enjoy this. If they give him uh, your boy, uh, you know, Zat Daddy, okay, you know. I'm sorry, he's at 70. But um, if they give him Makachev, you know, we, we know where he's at. And Makachev's at four, challenge at five. So, and this is, the, is this the ratings today, Chin?
1: Yeah, but they change on Tuesdays.
0: So, Poré's won, they're fighting December 11th, which we'll do our next Scalabas fight campaign for yeah, Darius was an interesting one. You got uh Makachev and Chandler. I would watch Chandler and Darius all goddamn day. Mm-hmm. Um so what poor soul is gonna fight Makachev next? It's either gonna be Chandler or Dari- Dariush. For Dariush it makes sense, because there's argument you could you could give him sound like somebody uh just busting that next door. <laughs> um for <laughs> Darius, you you know <laughs> You could he could wait it out and, and get the winner there, but Justin is one hundred percent getting the next title shot. Makachev, I know DC, who's obviously biased, which I would be too. And Josh Thompson says he's ready for a title shot. I get that, but he has to beat one more really big name. He has to beat a really, really big name. You can't beat Dan Hooker on short notice and then demand a title shot because we're not giving title shots off potential. We only give it off what you've done inside that octagon. That's typically how the UFC works. So for Makachev, he would have to beat a guy like Chandler or Darius next. I don't like that matchup for anybody. Um, I like the way Chandler matches up against Makachev better than Darius. Um, But you're going to see what the UFC uh, thinks of Michael Chandler depending on his next matchup. If you see soon the announcement of Chandler and you know they got their juice out of them, and they're all set because that's that's a tough fight. That's a tough fucking fight. Um, but it, to me, it would make <clears throat> uh, more sense to go to Dos Anjos Chandler. Give Chandler a little bit of a, 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 you know, not that those are easy fights, but he doesn't have to fight these fucking killers. Um, Chandler, Tony Ferguson's fantastic. Chandler, Dos Anjos, fantastic. Um to be honest, depending on what McGregor wants to do when he comes back with me, McGregor-Chandler is a fun matchup because Chandler doesn't really use his wrestling, so you're getting a striking war there. And I think uh, Conor fancies himself the favorite in that fight with his left hand. So I would love to see Conor McGregor and Chandler, both two huge names. Chandler will talk some shit. Conor will talk some shit. Both coming off losses. That makes a lot of sense if Conor's open for that. So if I'm Chandler- it, but uh, take Makachev out of it. I go Makachev, Dariush, Makachev wins that, gets the next title shot, hands down. You do Chandler, Dosanjos, Tan- Chandler, Ferguson, Chandler, McGregor. And Chandler, McGregor, time-wise, makes sense.
1: He did call him out um, on Twitter, and then Connor did respond. What he say? So Chandler wants him in 2022. Connor just said, like, definitely at some point we'll do it.
0: You know, it's well-documented. I care about you guys' as boners. You know this. I'm a caring dude, man. And that's why this episode Below the Belt is brought to you by Blue Chew. Because confidence it can take you pretty far in life. It can also help you in the bedroom with your lady or your dude. You feel me? That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online server that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. Take it any time, day, night, full stomach, empty stomach. We don't care, man. You can plan ahead or whenever you're ready. Maybe you met a little young shorty like time to go. Chew that blue chew, man. Process super simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult one of their licensed medical providers. Once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Best part, it's all online, man. No weird doctor visits, no awkward conversations, no waiting line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew is made in the US of A, prepared and shipped direct to your door, discreet little package. Nobody knows trying to up that dick game. All right. So sounds like some could benefit from in the sack. Blue Chew can help you out. And I got a special deal for you viewers and listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use the promo code SHOB at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code SHOB. Receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details, important safety information. And I thank Blue Chew for being part of this below the belt. You know, one thing about me is when I'm on the road, there's a lot of dudes at my shows. There's, it's a real wiener fest. And a lot of your bros losing your hair, man. I don't want to say anything. You're, you're there with your lady. You're there with your friends. I don't bring attention to it, but you know it. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by time to 35. More than 50 million bros suffer from male pattern baldness in the U.S. of A. Listen, my friends at Keeps, they offer simple, stress-free way to take care of your hair. All right? It's low-cost. Treatments are just $10 per month. Keeps offers generic versions. Discreet little package shows up. So nobody knows you're trying to not look like Brian Callen. Keep has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors because it works. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act right now so you don't look like trash in 2022. If you're ready to take action, prevent and hair loss, go to keeps.com btb to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com btb to get your first month free. keeps.com btb. And then co-main event, you had Rose versus uh, Chin's girl, Zhang Weile. <laughs> um, great fight, man. Great fight. Yeah. I don't have an issue at all with the split decision. It was close. 49-46, I don't have an issue. I, I can see all how, how people – the only issue I'd have is if it was like 50-46, you know, 46, some shit like that. I don't have a problem with the judging on any of this. I did think Rose did enough to get the win. I think the true champion of Rose showed – because I, I don't think she saw the fight going like this in her head, and she adjusted, and she won the fight based off the fourth and fifth rounds, which is insane. Shows you how much of a beast Rose is. Um, but something to note here is, you know, Waylay's not exactly a world champion wrestler. I know she's working with uh, the, the the king of cringe <laughs> in Henry Cejudo, so obviously her wrestlers get better, and that's a focus on her camp, and it showed. And shout-out to Henry Cejudo for putting in work and making a difference in Zhang's uh, game plan there. But Zhang's a far cry from um, uh, Esparza, who who's actual has a wrestling pedigree. And when you saw Rose um, kind of struggle with uh, waylay and her wrestling, I was like, ah oh, man, for for um, Carla Esparza, that, that could cause some issues. Now – the one thing Rose doesn't have to worry about is the Sparza stand up. So there's pros and cons there. Does the Rose, uh, Carlos Sparza fight knock your hair back? Not really. Hmm. I don't know what it is. It's just, is, uh, are you crunk to see that chin?
1: No. I mean, it's a bummer. That's she what deserves, makes, it. I know. deserves it. Carlos deserves it. That's
0: what makes sense. Yeah. And she did beat her. She has a win over. Remember, she beat her to become the Ultimate Fighter yeah. Champion. So there's a fun storyline there, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem fun for Wele again I don't think there's any stock gone there. Um, what do you do with Wele? I would watch the young young uh match again. Could run that back. Yeah, that'd be insane. That'd be fun. Or you give her Rodriguez. You do uh Carlos Barza and Rose and then uh Rodriguez Weleze. And then your main event Kamar Usman Kobe Compton. I told you guys it's going to be a better fight uh than the first one. I thought um you know, people going, oh, Kamara's just going to knock him out. Man, that's such a simp, uh, soy boy way of breaking this down. Uh, kamara has been more active. He has knockout power. He's just going to knock him out. No, I don't think so. Because if you watch the their first fight, uh, Kobe was fighting on, you know, emotion and didn't fight smart, didn't use head movement, definitely didn't use wrestling. Um, I thought he would incorporate more wrestling in this one, which he tried and, you know, shows Kamara how fucking good he is he's going to be pound for pound number 1 for for quite some time. I think for Kamaru he's in a weird spot because he's definitely singled himself out from the crowd at welterweight. You know, I you know Leon Edwards is fighting um Jorge Masvidal next. If he were to get by that, it'd be a much overdue uh title shot. You know, I don't think he beats Kamaru Usman, but who knows? Leon Edwards is a fucking nightmare and if he wins this that's 10 in a row which is insane at welterweight so he definitely deserves the title shot we're we're just not it's just not a hype fight is it but sometimes that's what happens you look at uh rose and you look at um carlos barza that's fight gonna make for usman uh for him it's you know i think he he ties the 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 shadow of gsp if he wins this next one um i think he ties them so th- there's that. So I think for Kamaru, how much longer is he going to be around? What else does he have left to do? Now, he could go uh, up a weight class, but he's never, ever going to fight uh, his brother from a different African mother in uh, Izzy. So you're never going to see that. Sorry, GSP, Kamaro Usman is the greatest welterweight of all time. I agree. But I'm not chasing GSP. Yeah, but oh. you kind of are is a big deal. Um, yeah, I think Kamaru's the greatest uh, welterweight of all time. It's a pretty easy conversation to have, too. You look at the level of difficulty that Kamaru Usman faces compared to GSP. It's not even close. And that's not a knock on GSP. That's the time he came up in. So I think for Kamaru, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, what, what do you want to fight? If it's legacy, yeah, then, then you fight, a, you know, if Leon were to win. but Let's say if Leon loses, what do you do? If Leon were to lose, what do you do? Vicente Luque... Would be fun. That's a fun fight, even though they fought, um, you know, Vicente on Food Truck said uh, Kamara would beat the shit out of him in training. All right. Uh, Wonderboy Thompson, he's always a tough task for anybody, but he has to win. He's coming off a loss, you know? So there's not a lot. You know, you got a guy, wow, well, uh, Zat Down. I know, just throw Zat at him. He's only 10. That's insane. Who Again, I'd love to hear it. Who beats him? Besides Kobe Covington and Kamar Usman, I don't know. I don't see many people beating them. Hamzat versus Kamaro. I think for the fans, if we were able to vote on it, that would get the vote. Yep. But you just you just can't. Hamzat hasn't f- fought tough enough competition. What we've seen inside that octagon, I can't say Kamar just walked through Hamzat. I don't. I don't know. I, I the Hamzat ceiling is so fucking high, it's not even funny. So. You know, I wouldn't complain if he gave him a title shot. They're not going to. Dana was like, we need to stop that. He's not getting a title shot. I'm like, all right, you're no fun. So I think for Camaro, it's, you know, he's fighting for legacy. Sometimes that gets a little boring for guys. There's not a lot for him. If Leon Edwards loses, what do you do? Vicente Luque, you know? I'd love to see Luque fight Nate Diaz instead. Um, So we'll see, man. It's tough. I think what's interesting in Colby Covington, you know, he's – there's argument that he's behind GSB and Camaro. He's the you know, top five welterweight of all time, definitely top five welterweight of all time. But he has the same problem that DC and Gusvin had uh, because there's a guy named John Jones. So if John Jones was born uh, any later, say five years later, Gusvin goes down as one of the greatest light heavyweights of all time, and he's the world champion. DC goes down as a world champion. Um, so Gustafson would have been world champion and then DC would have been world champion. And then hopefully John comes on later and then runs with the throne, which he's doing. Um, uh, but you can't control that, but it's a shame because those guys, you know, when you get to the UFC, if you ask anyone ranked in the top 15, I, you listen, ranked in the top fucking hundred, anybody who gets to the UFC, uh, they're all failures unless you win gold. It's just what it is. No one gets to UFC and goes. I just want to be just a guy. Nobody ever, ever. So you know, in my eyes, it's a failure if you don't become champion. You know, Uh, my career was a failure. I didn't become champion. I think if you ask anyone in the NBA, NFL, NHL, if you didn't become world champion, that was your goal, you'd label yourself as a failure. I'm sure if you talk to Dan Marino, he's like, Yeah, man, I I didn't achieve what I meant to to do. Man, I wanted to be a world champion, just never lined up for me. You know, he had Joe Montana and fucking, unfortunately, Jim Kelly had the Dallas Cowboys. Imagine if the Bills didn't have to go against those historic Dallas Cowboys team. You're talking about one of the greatest dynasties of all time. Instead, they're known for losing. It just shit happens, man. So for Kobe Cummington, he's probably waking up this morning going, all right, I've gone 10 rounds, well, nine rounds, basically. He got stopped that first time by judges. But I've gone nine rounds out of 10 with the greatest to ever do it. And I'm pretty fucking close, man. It's not like that guy's head over heels better than me. You know, so depending where his demeanor's at, he, he can hold his head pretty high. It's just such a shame, man. Cause if there's no Kamar Usman, Kobe Compton is the face of the welterweight weight division. Gusvin would have been the face of the light heavyweight division. Unfortunately, there's these outliers in John Jones, Kamar Usman, who are fighting the same time in the prime when you're fighting, and it completely derails your fucking career, man. And there's nothing you can do about it. You're never gonna beat them. Kobe's never gonna beat Gus Gusfin was never gonna beat John Jones. DC was never gonna beat John Jones. It's a shame. So what do you do? You know, I don't have a problem if Kobe were to get one win doing a Kamara Kobe three, because I I think there is something to be said about Kobe. You know, taking a good amount of time off. His last fight was against Woodley last year. Having one fight inside that octagon where he completely dominated Woodley, taking time off, you got that new camp, you're trying to feel things out. He started off pretty slow. Kobe got better in the fourth and fifth rounds, just like Rose did. And There's something to be said there. So, you know, Kobe's not a slow starter, and I would uh, chalk that up to ring rest, not not being active. I know Dominic Cruz doesn't believe in that, but for some fighters – for Don Cruz listen to him he's one of the greatest to ever do it but that's his mentality and for him he doesn't need to stay active and can go out there he can commentate and then go out there and compete with the the highest there are in the game for a lot of guys they don't they don't work like that the only way they get better is by competing Kobe hasn't been competing and I think it showed I would like him to stay active and get a fight in the next four to five months and close out the you know 2022 with a, another shot against Kamaru Usman and I don't have a problem with them running a third time, Wilder Fury style. How great was that Wilder Fury fight? I know. Fucking phenomenal. So you know, I know the MMA crowd goes, we've seen it twice. I get it. You're telling me you want to watch Max and Volkanovski again? Because Max wins this next one. He's getting another shot, man. It is what it is. That's the plan. So for Colby, again, he can wake up this morning with his head held high going, all right, I just got to win one more. And I'm, I'm back on the path to to try and achieve my goals. It's just it's really unfortunate when you're those guys, when you're a one percenter, but unfortunately you're competing during the time when the guy's the point oh 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 one of the one percenters. They're outliers. Kamar Usman and John Jones are outliers amongst outliers, which is insane, dude. So I think Kobe'd be okay. And they seem to be pretty cool inside the octagon. You know, they had talks and yeah. then Kobe went back to a shtick and said he's a cheater and blah blah blah. But that's that's what Kobe does. Yeah. And good for him for sticking by and doubling down. Be weird if he changed his tune because we wouldn't think it's authentic even though anybody who knows him knows it's authentic and knows he respects Kamaru Usman. But, um, and they, they have their words. I know Kamaru respects him. How, how could you not? And Kamaru even said that in the post-fight press conference. Yeah. He's like, dude, say what you want, but that guy is a fucking savage, man. And he is. It just so happens that Kamaru Usman, the greatest ever do it, is competing at the same time. Something that should be noted, though, too, is Kamaru has knee issues. You know, he can't run on uh, asphalt and stuff like that, so there's not a lot of challengers, especially if Leon Edwards loses. So I don't know. For Colby, you know, uh, Chael Sonnen knows Colby very well. He said, you know, some people are like, oh, he needs to go up. And uh, Chael, who knows fighting better than anybody I know, said he's the perfect size and weight for welterweight. He's literally the ideal prototype for welterweight he would have a better shot fight at 55, which is which would be insane for him to make. So um, I think for Colby, you stay active. Hopefully, you get that third title shot. And then hopefully, you're around long enough in your prime where Usman either A, retires, which I think is going to happen, or B, moves up a weight class. And then you got Canelo, Caleb Plant, mm-hmm. uh, Brian, if you watch the Calbas Fight Companion. Was all up on Caleb Plant's nuts the entire fight. Uh, but I, th- I think Caleb uh, probably only won, you know, maybe three rounds out of those those first ones. But Canel was such a goddamn savage, such a goddamn pound for pound number one, by far. What he did with Caleb Plant is is no punk. Apparently there's footage of Caleb Plant in, like, the 10th round going, uh, do you think I'm pretty good? Like, ask him, like, like What? <sighs> He was. I'm pretty good. Canelo goes, yeah. It's like he was. He said, I'm pretty good for 21 and 0. (laughs) It's like he just wanted Canelo Canelo to uh, comment on, you know, like, oh, you thought I was going to be out here sooner than this, right? And then shortly after that, he gets starched. was like, yeah, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you're doing pretty well. Come on, dude. And then knocks him out. What a fucking legend.
1: There's also Bellator over the weekend, too. Patricky Pitbull.
0: Pitbull KO'd got it done. Yep, and then Patchy Makes, who's a monster, submitted James Gallagher. Mm-hmm.
1: And you guys were talking about a fight companion. I guess yep. uh, James Gallagher was doing well in the beginning. Yeah. But then got caught.
0: James Gallagher's a beast, man. Yeah. And he's a submission artist and then got guillotine choked.
1: And there was a BKFC as well? Um, Joey Beltran. Beltran
0: Unfortunately, the he lost. Goddamn thing. Yeah, great guy.
1: Arnold Adams defeated him. This is Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler at the hospital.
0: Apparently, um, Gaethje tried jumping in uh, Chandler's ambulance to go to the hospital together. Oh wow! Yeah, they like they were good.
1: That's cool, man.
0: And he was like, no, 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 his whole team has to be in there. Just we have one for you too, man. That's dope. And why did you go? Just to get checked out? Because his face seems fine.
1: I'm sure they have to get God,
0: look at Chandler's face.
1: I know. He's <laughs> very different looking there.
0: Yeah, Chandler, again, I don't think he lost any, uh, let's see, all glory to God. I wasn't leaving tonight without my chance to put another strap on Tre- Whitman's wall. How about Trevor? I know, three dude. Three for three, all three dude. For- They all looked phenomenal. hmm Got gate with that uppercut. That was there all fucking night. All night. What a great fight. Yeah.
1: They both got, I mean, Gage got dropped too, right?
0: Oh, yeah. He yeah. got, well, yeah, so he he got like wobbled. Wobbled. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a great fight. Um, So the UFC 268 made some records. The Quarantillo and the Spurgis one. Yeah. The right. event itself had the most significant strikes. 1,973
0: period. combined significant strikes landed at UFC 268, most at a single event in UFC history. Yeah. I and mean, yeah. the fights were so good, man. This is Zhang Weili's statement. I played to my strength. I believe you. Also saw my efforts. There are no easy champions in the UFC ring and in the octagon. Yeah, don't call it a ring. Uh, it all comes down to merit. That's what a great movie is about. There's no foreshadowing. There's no meandering storyline. Story How can there be a perfect ending? I will try my best to pursue my dream. Our fight will continue. This is just the beginning. Listen, if Rose beats the Spars and Wayne gets one big win, they're right back in it.
1: And it's good that she's not making excuses this time. She's actually saying like, yeah.
0: That's what she said in the countdown. She's like, you know, I can't say she's the better fighter. I got knocked on like a minute with a fucking head kick. And now if she beats me for five rounds, I'll say she's the better woman. Apparently Rose is the better fighter.
1: Yeah. This is an announcement from Triller. They're putting something called a triad combat event together with MMA fighters fighting boxers under certain kind of weird rules, right? Uh, So Mike Perry's going to be in it. Frank Uh, Mir. Because remember Frank Mir, who's like an ambassador for a little while, but I guess he's going to be competing.
0: And then he also fought fucking... uh... Who'd Frank May lose to? The monster, boxer.
1: Antonio Tarver? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Metallica's supposed to perform this event too, so I don't know how they're going to have the money for this, but right, Trill, there it's you just, go.
0: I mean, they're doing all they can. I know. Yeah, it's funny. Trill's like, we're not going to do any of those fucking freak shows anymore. announcing MMA fighters versus boxers. like, <laughs> okay. Oh, advance tickets go on sale for 50 to
1: 300 bucks.
0: And Mike Perry and Frank May are the big names?
1: It says they're going to be part of it, so... Here's the rules here. Revolutionary new combat sport, combat team sport, which incorporates boxing, boxing and MMA rules. And
0: MMA rules in aggressive, fast-paced manner with the fighters' campaign specially designed tri- triangular ring. That's a um, weird one too. Over two-minute rounds. Fighters, or professional boxers versus mixed martial arts, commanders will wear crossover gloves. This is getting a nightmare. I know. All right, <laughs> I'm was... out, I'm out. It's a triangle ring. It's different times. You have weird gloves. I'm out. This is John Jones talking about his future at
1: Jackson Wink. Someone asked ask him this question first.
0: This uh, so is literally anywhere but Jackson Wink. That gym is not relevant anymore. Disagree. Dude, you carried them for over 10 years. God, there's so many great fighters. This just a stupid fucking comment. Mm-hmm. He goes, I don't feel like I carried the team. We have lots of guys doing amazing things out of the gym. I'll admit the program isn't at the level it used to be and hasn't been for a while now. Oh. Then he says Definitely if. won't be going back, but I will continue to root for all the fighters that are training there. I do believe my training methods and sessions have improved significantly since changing environments. Grateful all the time I got to spend there. Everything has its time. And I won't be able to train in my garage forever. I'm going to need more training partners, mainly wrestling partners, kickboxers. I'm going to look out for teams I'll be able to visit and come train with. Maybe get some sparring sessions in. Yeah, so he's not going back. I know where he needs to go. He needs to go to Leicester Bowling and uh i think it uh, i don't don't know if he's in Greeley he's between Greeley and Denver Mm -hmm. but he has a private on his land he has a private gym there they have heavyweights uh it's wrestling specific uh Christian Allen would drive up there he he'd be away from all the mayhem he goes to camp there for eight weeks stays focused can't get into trouble can only focus on the fight and at bowling's as strict as they come he won't you know, do any fucking fuckery around. He won't put up with anything. Like, that's that's where he should go.
1: Hmm.
0: Bring his coaches there. Lister has all the accommodations. It's a private facility. They do uh, kids wrestling practice at night, so he can be around that atmosphere. But, re- you know, he could be his, uh, what's Mike Tyson's trainer who passed away? Kazumoto? yeah. It's a perfect, It's. A, I mean. Hmm. Literally a perfect setup for him. Couldn't be a better setup for him. And also, Leaster's also a guy who's not in it for fame, for nothing. I, him and John have a relationship. They, you know, He's helped John out before. He helped GSB. He, he's obviously my head coach, um, fucking Shane Carwin's head coach. He, he runs a kids' wrestling program, literally one of the biggest wrestling programs in the nation now. Um, so if he were to extend a branch out to John Jones, because I'm sure a lot of camps aren't, Leaster would, because they go back. They have a history mm. there. He'd be able to focus on wrestling. They do have big heavyweight. Curtis Blades goes up there. They have big boys. Wow. The UNC heavyweights go up there. Like You're talking legit big boys.
1: If it, that could be the thing that changes John's life. can't get in trouble there. Yeah. You're in the middle of nowhere. You mentioned Nate Diaz. So People were talking about Kamzat versus Nate Diaz, and then a lot of uh, fans, critics are saying that you're just trying to give him the worst matchup possible for the last fight on his contract.
0: The UFC has some sort of... Uh, deal with barstool so Robbie gets one-on-one time with uh Dana White and he asked him he's like you know a lot of people are saying trying to uh Nate Diaz over man his last fight in his contract you give him Hamza like you're trying to devalue Nate Diaz and uh Dana was great he's like well those people don't know what the fuck they're talking (laughs) about he goes he lost his last fight did we devalue him there when he fought Leon Edwards Mm -hmm. so he goes this isn't a diss I love Nate Diaz I love uh Nick and Nate as much as anybody else does you get to the point all of us in life your professional career in sports. We get to the point where we're like, can I hang anymore? That's Nate. Uh, I'm sorry, that's Dana talking. Are we looking for less daunting fights in the UFC? Is that what we're looking to do? That's just all bullshit. The guy has had four fights in the UFC. The guy has had four fights in the UFC. Devalue him because it's the last fight in his contract? Does everybody know he just lost his last fight? Facts. I don't know if they knew that. How are you going to devalue him? What if he loses with somebody else we match him up with? Would would he be devalued? How does Hamzat devalue him? You know how massive that fight Values about being in massive fights that people care about. Fights that when you make a fight and you announce it, there's a buzz about the fight and everybody's going crazy. Do you think Nate Diaz vs. Hamzat is not that fight? I agree. Mm-hmm. Here's the moral of the story: all these people are fucking morons and I have no idea what they're talking about. I actually, run the biggest fucking combat sports business on the planet, fucking Earth. <laughs> so shut the fuck up and let me do my job. I agree.
1: Yeah, that'd be a massive fight. He bet a hundred thousand on Canelo and won forty-one thousand dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say that's not yeah. a good
0: bet. I mean, easy forty grand for sure. Just to win, or I think he won by. He said by knockout though. Oh, did he? Yeah. So, uh, so what they're missing is he better yeah, you got, bet right. for knockout
1: TKO or TKO. So
0: Canelo via KO at minus two forty.
1: It's a big gamble, hundred grand just to win. Hundred dollars not shit to go. Like I you, know. But yeah, but I that's know. an
0: easy forty grand that he made.
1: This has been in the news circuit as well.
0: Dennis just, I mean, can't get right.
1: Apparently, he was in backstage at UFC 268, and he got slapped by Ali Abdelaziz. His not name? much more to go off of, but
0: and uh, this is Ali, from John
1: Morgan, who's legit. You yeah, know,
0: yeah, I love John at mm-hmm. MMA Junkie at MMA Junkie. Johnny but uh, uh, Ali slapped Dylan Dance backstage tonight at UFC 268. Corner multiple people witnessed the incident. Dance was apparently removed from the building,
1: and I think he's not allowed to any other UFC events in the future
0: dylan dylan yes god he just i mean he everywhere he goes there's issues there's mm-hmm. it's just you know you had to worry about his mental health on that one the thing about ali is i know you guys know him as a manager and blah 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 i knew ali before he's a manager he was uh a monster at judo but he trained under henzo gracie he's always like nobody wanted to roll with him because he he was fucking tough man and he, he he'd go so hard. So Ali is no punk at all when it comes to managers. He is no punk,
1: and his guys are like super ride or die with him too. Yes, yeah, super close. Yeah,
0: he's one of the best in the biz.
1: JDS Junior Dos Santos has signed with a a boxing management management company. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. S Jam Boxing.
0: S Jam Boxing. Yeah. So
1: he says he will be. He wants to fight. He said Fury, Deontay Wilder, Joshua, all those guys too don't we in the future. All?
0: Yeah, I don't. He's gonna to have to get a win over someone decent, and then to even begin those talks.
1: Uh, here's a quick one: T Rex, T Rex. Yeah, Anthony Taylor versus Chris Avila. I guess they fought before in Bellator. They're fighting again on the Jake Paul. Oh, sorry, the yeah Jake Paul Tommy Fury card undercard, and then this guy named Daron Williams, who is in the NBA. He's fighting as well, but no opponent yet.
0: De'Ron Williams, you'd know him. Played at Brooklyn. Played a long time for the Utah Jazz. Monster, all-star. All Star. Right. So good at basketball. Did they say when Jake and Fury are fighting?
1: December 18th in Tampa.
0: Ooh, I'm in town for that.
1: Well, there you go. That's yeah. like what? Two weeks after the December
0: 11th? Yeah. Roughly? A fight Companion. Mm-hmm. Something to do. We'll see. All righty. See if the boys are in town.
1: This is before Covington fought Usman, but Hamzat posting about Covington
0: says, You will never see me like this. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, but things I'm, like that. Oof. Jeez, Yeah.
1: Laughing emojis.
0: Yeah. The ceiling on Hamzat's so high. I, I don't know if we'll see him like that. I, it depends on the matchup. We, we just don't know. Right now, he's just such a higher level than anybody's fighting. I, we have no idea how good he is. We have no clue, which is the best part. Yeah. I mean, that's a great fight, too. That's the problem, though. If you're Colby, you know, you just went five rounds, of fight of the year contestant. You know, who? It's tough because Hamzat's 10. You're the number one guy, yeah. not named Kumar Usman. So there's not a huge upside for you. All the leverage is on Hamzat. Hamzat's side. You know Hamzat, he's got to do a lot more work than get three fights in the UFC. You guys hype these guys up real quick, but let's not forget he was put down by the common cold. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's ready to retire off the common cold, COVID. That's 99% survival rate to beat the common cold. And, uh, Hamzat was ready to give up and retire. He doesn't want to fight me. He's got way less chance than 99% chance against me. What would the odds be if he fought a guy like Kobe? Mm-hmm. It'd be a weird fight to even put money on. We have no idea how good Hamzad is. He has to get a big name now. He yeah. Has to. It's exciting. It's though. like the, the, the culture demands it. So if he actually
1: beat Nate, would that give you a, a, a good idea? Or is no, that that's not a good No, That's not either. Yeah, that's Nate's not a good test.
0: You know, Nate lost to Leon Edwards for four, four rounds and four minutes and 30 seconds. Mm hmm. Get dismantled and then landed the one good, good shot.
1: Punch, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's so strange. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see Hamzat versus Nate, but yeah, it still doesn't show. As, as, really as like a challenge, like,
1: like now. a real challenge, yeah, it's there. Yeah, I don't know. It's not really there. I don't know. Okay, another real quick one: Roxanne ferry Everyone loves her. She's gonna retire after her next fight with Casey O'Neill at UFC 271.
0: Oh, uh, good for her. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she's great.
1: Oh, right, that was the one we talked about earlier.
0: Oh, yeah, Let's he see. posted that.
1: Yeah, and then Connor re- responded with like. At some point, we'll do it. And this is uh, behind the scenes at UFC 268. There's a uh, Francis Ghana walking by Cyril Gain. And they said, they said he was throwing shade because he didn't even look at him at once. Yeah,
0: because they're friends.
1: <laughs> they were friends?
0: Yeah, they're training partners. Mm-hmm. So there's my boy Markel with the powerful man that <laughs> I know. They're both looking back. Old coach, <laughs> old training partner. He went, what the fuck? I know. Playing for keeps. (laughs) God, how fucking big is Cyril gone, dude? They were all like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) They're like, fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, man, you're about to fight him. Okay, I think that's it for current events, unless something really popped up recently. Hell, of a fight this weekend. Listen, if I was in Dallas, shoot my 30-minute special at us in improv Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the whole squad will be out there. It's going to be such a great time. I'm just... I'm looking so forward to it. It's in Dallas, Texas, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Come on out, kids. If I wasn't shooting that, I would definitely have a fight companion because for a fight night, this fight is – this is a fight that could kick off a main card of any major pay-per-view. Max Holloway versus Rodriguez. You know, There's a few things that uh, you learn when you talk about MMA, especially the UFC. You never bet against Max Holloway. I never do. I also also never bet on Yair Rodriguez. You know his his mental game is up and down, and I don't bet on that. Um, what's the odds on this chin? see. This is the second time they they're supposed to fight. They have to postpone it, right? Because Max got injured. Minus five ninety. That's, that's insulting. No, <laughs> well, I can't bet on that. Um, that's the other thing. Whenever someone's that heavy of a favorite, never bet on it. Because these guys who make the odds don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Jesus Christ. I went minus 590. That's just based off. Yeah, look, when's the last time Yair was in there? Let's see. Not.
1: Jeremy Stevens, October 2019.
0: Jesus Christ. Jesus. So he beat uh, your boy Krenz. So he got. That last second elbow. Annihilated by Frankie Yeager in 2017. He beat Korean Zombie with that crazy elbow. That was a,
1: losing their entire fight and just boom.
0: So he's losing that fight. And then uh, accidental eye poke. Then they rematch. It was de- a decision. Fight of the night. Yeah, I get it. Why he's such a big underdog. I, I just, I do not see him beating fucking Max Holloway. Ben Rothwell uh, versus DeLima. I just don't see how Delema's going to win that fight. Mm-hmm. Felicia Spencer, Leah Lettson, Song Yu Dong. Julio Ars, good fights, man. Yeah. Cynthia Calvillo stepping up on uh, short notice, always rooting for her. Decent fights. That main event's a, a fun one.
1: Yeah. Also, um, I think this is Friday, I think.
0: My boy Aaron Pico fights, Yep, he's back. Aaron Pico, Justin Gonzalez. Uh, if I had to bet on it, I'd say wins via body shot. Best body shot in all mixed martial arts. Uh, Vassell, Fortune's a great one. Cyborg, going to beat up some girl.
1: Yeah. Let me double check on this. Yeah, so that is a Friday card for Bellator.
0: Yeah. Sweet, man. Yeah. Is that it, Jim? Uh,
1: one more. Hector Lombard versus some guy named Hunt.
0: You'd be a crazy man to fight Hector Lombard with no gloves. You, listen, you got to be crazy to fight Hector Lombard regardless. Bare knuckle man. Best ass in MMA. I
1: remember when he walked up to Tyron Woodley. Two hams. What? You <laughs> walked up to Tyron Woodley. Yeah. He was like... Tyron looked beach, actually like kind of yeah. yeah.
0: There oh, are legendary stories about Hector Lombard at AT&T. So Dallas is this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Those are almost sold out. And then uh Everett, Washington. I'm finding out wherever it's at. It's about 30, 40 minutes outside Seattle. So I fly into Seattle. It's one night, one haunted theater only, some old school theater in Everett, Washington, November 27th. That bitch almost sold out too. And then New Year's, uh Dan- how would you say that, Chin? Dania? Dania, Florida. click on that for me. Click on the buy tickets. Mm-hmm. New Year's, we're bringing in Florida. Uh, it's the Dania Improv, and that is December 30th through January 1st. So come bring in 2022 with your thick friend here in Florida. We're going to get weird in Florida, man. Um, but this weekend is a big one for your boy. The whole crew's going to be out there. November 11th through the 13th, Dallas, Texas, Addison Improv. This fucking week. I cannot wait. Can't wait to see you guys. Um, get your tickets now um, all those shows I just mentioned will sell out Dallas and Everett especially Danny I've never been to but hopefully it goes well but Dallas see you this week love you guys see you on the streets be nice to each other stay thick I'm out the unbeaten David Benavides. Oh, people didn't believe in what I could do
1: I'm the youngest two-time world champion in super middleweight history. People want to see great fights and fireworks and that's what I give. I'm taking over now.